Hi everyone, it's the Shagilola Salami Show. It's a podcast show based in a virtual cafe, and I'm Shagilola Salami. Um, if this is your first time listening to the show, the show is very informal, but I hope that at the end of today's episode, like all the other episodes, you would either learn something new, be motivated, or inspired. Um, you know, the end of year is coming to an end, so we're slowly counting down. And, you know, it was a few a few days ago, it was my daughter's birthday. So it's it's sort of, you know, been a nice sort of slow countdown to the end of the year. I'm looking forward to starting 2020. Um, anyway, so I hope you guys, you know, enjoy today's episode. Um, as always, I like to let my guests introduce themselves because I think they do a better job of it than I would. Um, so who have I got here with me today? Hey, good morning. This is Chris Need, uh, founder of CrossNet, the world's first four-way volleyball net. Um, awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. And how are you today, Chris? I'm doing well. It's a nice uh, sunny morning down here in Miami. Awesome, awesome. So it is a virtual cafe, and I always sort of like to start off, you know, by offering my guests, you know, virtual, virtual beverages. So if you went to a real cafe... What would you normally have or what's your favorite, you know, drink in a cafe? So every morning I actually wake up and I go to the Starbucks across the, the street from my apartment and I will get a venti ice green tea latte with coconut milk. What is that? Green tea latte. So it's oh, a matcha. Oh, green tea latte. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> like yep. every time the most popular drink in my cafe so far seems to be chai latte. And yep. I almost thought you were going to say that. Um, but this is the first time I've heard of a green tea latte. How do they make that one? Uh, so it's matcha powder, mm. coconut milk, and uh, I guess a bunch of Starbucks sugar. But uh, it gets me going through the day. Well, we do need that energy boost. Yeah, um, exactly. And what, what pastries do you like? Any pastries? Oh, uh, so I'm actually on a, uh, I'm giving up chocolate until the end of the year. But uh, normally it's a chocolate croissant every day, which was very unhealthy. <laughs> so would you go for the plain ones now? Yes, the plain ones are the new move. Yes, no, I like plain croissants as well. Um, for some reason, you know, I don't know why my taste, my taste buds really struggle with chocolate and pastry. So as much as I like croissant, I've never been able to have a chocolate croissant before. Like, it just seems so wrong to me. <laughs> I, just, I like it plain. Maybe because I like a hot chocolate, so it's Ooh. a balance of the chocolateness. You know, I don't exactly. want to go overboard. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned that you um, invented a four-way volleyball, something, something. Tell us about that, please. Yeah. Well, of course. Uh, so 2017, uh, I was working as a sales director at Uber, the car company in New York City, at the headquarters. Uh, okay. Our childhood, my, my brother and my uh, childhood best friend came over to the house during winter break about two years ago. And mm-hmm. he said, I don't want to get a real job. I want to, uh, he just graduated Northeastern with an engineering degree. And he said, let's invent something. So the three of us were about 24 years old back then and mm-hmm. uh, sat on the couch all night and we just wrote down ideas. We wrote down probably about 200 ideas. And the last idea we wrote down was a four-way volleyball net. We Googled it, checked it out on LinkedIn, checked it out every anywhere. We could not find anybody who had ever created one. So 
the next Why day. Why me volleyball? That just sounds really weird. Yeah. I'm trying to pick your yeah. normal volleyball and like, what inspired you guys to think, oh, let's do a four-way one? So we actually grew up uh, playing this game called Foursquare. Uh, that's popular okay. here in the America. I'm not sure about London, but uh, it's a, pop- a popular game in elementary school. So we're like, let's combine Foursquare plus volleyball and have everybody compete against one another. Right, rather than a group sport. Exactly, yeah. So we grew up all going to the same beach. We loved playing beach games, but there really wasn't anything good that was coming out. It was just pretty much the same old Frisbee game. And if it was, mm. win- if it was windy, we couldn't play. So mm. we're like, all right, we're competitive. We like to play. We're, we're young millennials. Let's find something to do. And we made a four-way volleyball net. And now it's pretty much every man for themselves in a free-for-all. And you win- you play to 11 and you win by two. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And I take it it was the engineer between you guys that did came up with the design or how did you guys oh, yeah. come up with it? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, we drew, a, drew it on a piece of paper and then the engineer actually made it come to life. So uh, it was about a, a year of getting prototypes. So the next day we woke up, we were probably up to four in the morning thinking about the idea. We woke up early, we went to Walmart, we bought two volleyball nets, we cut the middle, tied it together, uh, made up some rules, and then invited our friends over. And we played for probably about six hours straight, and everyone loved it. So next step was getting it manufactured. Uh, that took about a year to get like a bunch of good prototypes over here. And then we were mm. ready to start selling in early 2018. How did you find your manufacturer? <laughs> So um, we had a, some good connections that we found on Alibaba and AliExpress. If you simply just for any uh, entrepreneur who wants to make a product, uh, just search your industry and research the, and contact the manufacturer. Say, hey, I'm so-and-so and I'm, I'm looking to make this product. Can you help me? Uh, and most of them are receptive to new business. Right. Okay. So I'm just, okay. A couple of questions going through my mind, right? So, you know, it's a new product. It's something you've invented. Did you have to have a patent first before you approached the manufacturer? Um, good question. So you could definitely go about it either way. Uh, in our situation, uh, we had, we, we acquired a patent prior to uh, manufacturing. Okay. No, that's good. So how did you pitch to the manufacturer because obviously this is something that is not in existence yet and you know to show them so did you have to pay upfront or what were the terms you agreed with the manufacturer yeah so the way that we worked uh it was a self-funded company so we literally pooled all our money in our bank account it was about twenty thousand dollars to start the whole project but just to get an original sample probably cost less than a thousand but to go okay. back but to your question, we had them sign NDAs. We were very exclusive about sharing our idea. Uh, we had them show us samples. So they shipped samples of work they have done. And then we selected one um, factory that we're actually still working with that really had high quality, was in the sporting goods industry. And there's a good level of communication and trust. So when you're dealing with people in other countries, different time zones, different communication skills, it's tough. So we we found a perfect one, I think. Awesome, awesome. 
okay, so this sounds really interesting. So, you know, you stayed up, you know, you've got this idea, you know, you put it on pen and paper, you, you know, you made a sample with your friend, yep. then you found manufacturers, you've got your patent. How did you go about selling it? Yeah, so that was the fun part. So, Because this has been about a year now, hasn't exactly. it? Exactly, yeah, so it's been about a year. So we're, we have the website built. We're just excited to get it going. And so we launched the website. Uh, we started getting... Uh, we launched the website. We started getting pre-sales for it. Uh, a couple, not nothing too crazy. Uh, we were thinking that every one of our friends would buy, but in reality, when you actually launch the business, that doesn't happen a lot of the time. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we got some orders coming in. A lot of Facebook advertisement, word of mouth advertising, and then eventually it just blew up. We uh, we started sending out samples to. Well, not samples. We started sending out the final product to uh, people in the volleyball community. And one morning, we woke up to a video uh, from the Olympic team in Latvia playing it. And it had over a million views and like hundreds of thousands of shares. And our game just blew up overnight. Awesome. Yeah. So the samples you sent, did you send those samples free of charge? Yeah. We uh, either free of charge or if they were like somewhere that the shipping would cost a lot of money. We said, hey, we'd give you the $150 products for free. Uh, just comp the cost of the shipping for us, please. And more oh, than likely, okay. people were interested in doing that. Awesome. So do you know how many samples you said, sent before you got that, you know, sort of viral video? Uh, we probably sent about 25 to 30. So Awesome. So, yeah. Okay, so what has happened since that video went viral? So since that video went viral, we were able to use that exposure uh, to kind of get into the biggest stores in the world. We had a big distributor come to us uh, and say, hey, we want to sell it in Walmart, in Target, on Amazon. Uh, and we've gone from celebrating one sale a day to now we're projected to gross over $2 million this year in 2019. Right. There seemed to be, there was a bit of an interference, so I didn't really get what you said. Um, oh, so sorry. after the video went viral, I didn't get the bit you said after that. Okay. So after the video went viral, uh, we started getting tons of traction to the website. We went from getting one sale a day to sometimes 50 to 100 sales. Uh, we had Walmart, Target, all of these big stores contact us. Uh, it literally just became like a household name in outdoor sports overnight it was crazy awesome because it's you know it's something that's been new in the outdoor sports you know because like you said you know the there are standard games which have been there for ages and ages and ages and nothing new and then your game just comes and is like whoa it's, exactly. it's a breath of fresh air yeah that's exactly what happened and then people started playing it picking it up at the beach and it's pretty much the best word of mouth advertising I could ever ask for. Somebody sets up a four-way volleyball net and 15 people come and watch it on the beach and get in line and play. And mm. now if I have 100 nets out in the world, I have 100 times 15 people watching it. Now I have 1,000 nets and it just keeps growing. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Well done, you. <laughs> uh, Thank you. So how um, did you have any distributors, um, you know, to help with the process or are you, how are you guys doing? Because I'm guessing you've got your manufacturers and then they will ship to the U.S. and then you guys distribute from maybe yeah. your 
Well, what's your distribution? Exactly. Um, yeah. So the way that we operate things is that we have, uh, we own a warehouse. Uh, well, we rent a warehouse, excuse me, in uh, Connecticut where we grew up. Okay. So our best friend, Kevin, actually is responsible for doing all of the shipping. Uh, we have some people that help him out on a daily basis. Uh, we run a warehouse in Connecticut. That way we were able to ship out all the orders within 48 hours. And uh, shipments come in from Boston. They get uh, transported to Connecticut. And then we have FedEx and UPS and USPS come pick up orders in big trucks every single day. So right now he's working on uh, the Black Friday orders that are starting to come in. Uh, we have over a couple thousand that need to get shipped out over the next few days. So it's going to be a busy time. Yeah. So, okay, your product, is it one that can fit in a small garden? But then again, you guys are in the U.S. and I know that you guys have massive, massive things, <laughs> right? Because yeah. I was going to ask, is it one that can be fit indoors? But because I'm thinking of my micro garden, right? Yeah. And I'm like, wait, no, different countries. Different countries with different with different things, right? Because you guys, you have, you know, your garden can fit a school, right? Yeah. And you call it a backyard. So, no, okay, pardon that. So not from a UK point of view, but from an American point of view, can it, would it be businesses that purchase your products or would individuals be able to buy it? Yeah, we're seeing a good mixture. So we're in about 2,500 schools right now playing it in their curriculum. But mm-hmm. also families are buying it for their backyards or even their gardens, Uh the game when it's set up is about half the size of an actual volleyball net. So it's about 11 feet by 11 feet. Um, don't know the conversion on that in the UK, but uh, yeah, so it's 11 feet by 11 feet. And uh, it's also able to be transported in a, a backpack. So you could break it down and set it up really quickly. It takes about five minutes to set up. Okay. Okay. So, right. So you've got all this um, traction um, going to your website. Now, did you guys build your website yourself or did you hire someone to do that for you? Yeah, so I actually built the website from scratch by myself. Um, Shopify.com is where our website is hosted and designed on. And I definitely recommend that to any entrepreneurs looking to build a website. Uh, it's pretty cost efficient and there's nothing worse than being kind of uh, having somebody else be in control of your own website. As an entrepreneur, I'm always looking to make tweaks, uh, want to make adjustments, upload photos, kind of optimize for conversion on a daily basis. So mm. being able to fully control my website is really important to me. Right. Okay. So you said Shopify. Do you have your own domain name and then you pay Shopify for hosting or how, how does it work? Correct. Yeah. So we own our domain name, uh, which is crossnetgame.com if you want to check it out. And then okay. essentially you just pay Shopify a monthly retainer, which is typically $29, I believe, to start. Oh, okay. So what does Shopify offer you? So they have a great like around-the-clock customer support team. They give you the ability to build the website from scratch within a matter of hours, actually. Okay. Uh, they have pre-made templates that are really helpful. Uh, allow you to track all your orders, allow you to enter in your tracking information so your customers are getting their tracking. Uh, it's just a really intuitive way where I could pretty much feel comfortable telling my mom, who's 60 years old, that she could go build a website in under a day. So it's very simple, regardless of your technology background. Okay, okay. And what are the things that you've found um, 
that has made the process, you know, sort of worthwhile for you since most of your sales are telephone based or sorry, rather from are you from oh, I can't even speak properly <laughs> on your website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have two sales channels, right? We have people coming to our website daily. And then we have the wholesalers purchasing them for like catalogs or retail stores. So it's okay. a good good mixture. But what I'm primarily focused on daily is making tweaks to our website to make sure that we're capitalizing on each and every sale. So okay. Shopify does a good job of allowing me to add this photo, um, make this tweak, make sure what I see a lot, a lot of websites They'll have like testimonials or a ton of text. And that's really, uh, really not good for conversion. Customers in our day of age don't have the time to read all of that. They have like less than three seconds of attention time. So we capture them with pretty pictures, good video, and eliminate clicks. We want to get the person to purchase as soon as possible. They know what they're getting. It's a four-way net. Get them to the cart. Get them to check out. And then let them have a good time with the game. Right, so pictures and videos. Pictures, video, eliminate text. Only provide and text when it's really important. So how do you then line up? Because obviously I've not seen your website yet. Yep. Um, so would you say that people land on it and they see pictures or they, do they see the description? How is your website laid out? Yeah, so we've actually just made this tweak recently. So it used to be uh, writing, but now we have it as soon as you land on the website. There's an interactive like eight second video that shows our game played in sand and grass and all of these outdoor areas. So it kind of shows the versatility of our product that it's not just limited to the beach. Yeah. Okay. And what are the tips would you give to any of the listeners? You know, because, you know, Mm -hmm. if somebody wanted to. I don't know, let's say someone's having their own website, they've got a book, they've got a product, they've got a service. What are the things you've learned from going through this process that you feel any of the people listening to the show today mm-hmm. could benefit from? And, you know, because again, I find that life, we shouldn't make, we shouldn't try to make all the mistakes ourselves. We should also try to <laughs> learn from other people. Exactly. That's the best way to learn. So, you know, yeah, go on. Our, my biggest thing is, so if you're an author, Um, and you're trying to build a website based around a new book and you're trying to get your book sold, uh, I think less is more. I think having a website that is geared towards your customer. So if you're a millennial and you're an author, a first-time writer, the majority of your audience, and I'm just making a guess, uh, I would assume would live on mobile. If you're a younger writer, you're targeting younger readers, they would live on mobile, while the older demographic is going to be living on their desktop computers still. So make sure you're optimizing your website for that mobile experience. I see a lot of websites built on a laptop that look awful on a phone, but their end consumers on that phone. So make sure you're optimizing for both and really spend a lot of attention. Like for CrossNet, we see that 95% of our customers come from mobile. So, you know, I'm spending all my time fixing that mobile experience over the desktop experience. Yeah. So what are the things you do or you did to optimize the mobile experience? So the first things that I do on almost a monthly basis is I enhance our site speed. So if there's anything that's like kind of giving us our 
our uh, viewers laggy time or something's not loading properly. I get that fixed. I get that coded. I do outsource that project. Um, I also make sure to eliminate as many clicks as possible. So I just want the customer to hit, hit a button, the product goes to the cart, and they can check out immediately. Uh, before, it was a very long process. You have to enter in a ton of information. I've taken all of those steps out, and I've been able to like double the amount of sales we've gotten. Okay, okay. So if we're going to give me five tips, right, of the best things that you've learned mm-hmm. from you know, the process, what are the five tips you would give to me? Five tips. One would be yeah. no tweak is too small. If you see something on your site that you don't like, there's definitely going to be a customer out there who has noticed it as well and has decided not to work with you because of that reason. So be as nitpicky as possible. Yeah. Um, Optimize for mobile and desktop. Understand your customer and make sure that you're building your site based off that customer, not based off of you. Okay. Um. Invest in reviews, especially in the, if you're if you're a writer. The best reviews are are going to sell your book. The, those five star reviews at New York Times bestseller, own that, put that on the site, get that everywhere. So we have like we were just published on the homepage of Forbes two weeks ago. Like we're gonna ride that out as long as possible. Uh, yeah. Having that acknowledgement uh, goes such a long way to building trust. Yeah. So you've got one more. Before you say that one more, I've just got a couple of questions. Of so um, at the beginning, you say people don't want um, <clears throat> text, right? You know, you know, it's a text. But then where would you, in your website, how have you linked in the reviews and testimonials of your products and put it, sort of linked it with the videos and the, the pictures that you've put? Yeah, that's a good question. So for what we do for that, so if we are seen on a publication like Forbes. We'll simply just put the logo and then have it as a URL so you could click on it to go read it if you want to take a further action rather than okay. shoving the text down their throat like, read this, read this. If somebody wants to read it, they could go find it. And I give them mm-hmm. the ability to do that. And then for reviews, I've actually taken all the reviews off our homepage. I'll just have like a quick excerpt that says, over 500 positive reviews and then when you actually go to the product page that's when i show the reviews because the customer once they take the action to go to the product uh they're going to be a little bit more enticed to read the reviews and check it out so that's where the reviews live they don't live on the home page the home page is just meant to be clean uh, give you an understanding of the website and the company and then once yeah. they get into the funnel that's when you give them more stuff to sell them yeah. Okay. Okay. No, that sounds um, that sounds good. Um, okay. So go on. Continue. What was the last one? And the last one would be capture emails. We see a lot of uh, a lot of competitors aren't doing a good job of capturing emails and giving uh, giving customers incentive to purchase. We've yeah. in, in the last year we've captured over sixty thousand emails. So as soon as we get an email they get a discount they get some type of notification from our company that this is what we're about they get a video about our product so if you're not capturing emails you're really doing yourself a disservice 
we should be trying to capture every person who comes on our site uh, because eventually we could turn them into customers. Yeah, now that sounds good though, but then let's say you've got Joe Blog um, who doesn't know anything about websites. And I know that like you've mentioned, Shopify does a really um, good job for you, mm -hmm. but how would someone who doesn't know anything about capturing, how would they go about doing that? Um, so wherever their website's built on, there should be a nice little feature that's just called apps or applications. And mm -hmm. type in newsletter capture. And I'll, I'll be damned that it'll be the first thing to show up. And it'll be very, very easy to uh, just add this little pop-up that comes up. Um, you add the pop-up. You give the motivation, whether it's just stay in the loop or if you can afford to offer even a 5 or 10% discount. Uh, to a first-time purchaser, you'll be able to add it. But it's a very simple process that people are not using uh, that needs to be done. So basically, it's like a lead magnet, right? Exactly. To, to, take, exactly. to take action, right? So if you subscribe to our mailing list today, we will give you 5 or 10% of your first purchase with us. Exactly. And then the one tip that I've, that I've just actually read uh, and I've implemented in my own business, I've Quick little plug, but I just read this awesome book called Double Your Profits. Uh, check that out. It was in, I just randomly found it at a bookstore, and it really uh, it's helped me in the last few months. But as soon as a customer puts their email into my website now, they now enter in a funnel. And over the next three weeks, they'll receive about five different emails from us, all of different sorts, not only just sales, but video educational content. And then by then, we'll really get to roll in or out if they're a prospective customer. Right. Okay. Okay. So how do you make the sales funnel? Because again, a lot of times people hear sales funnel and I, I, don't, I hear it so many times that I don't <laughs> think I've got a sales funnel, right? Because it's like, it just does my head in. Yeah. So how did you set up your sales funnel? What sort of emails did you put you know, in your five, the five emails, what were your first email? What are these emails like? <laughs> of course. So I, I kind of just thought about it as how I get targeted by other big companies. So the first yeah. email they get is they get a $10 coupon off. So yeah. it gives them some urgency. I say that the coupon expires within 24 hours. Use it now or lose it. Uh, the second email is then a friendly reminder to use that coupon that comes in about 48 hours. So, okay. and I'll actually be able to click into the emails and see how much revenue is generated. And I can see if the subject lines are working, if they're not, and I'll tweak them over time. And then the third video will be uh, a simple, like, here's a brand new video that we just put out. Look how fun this is. No call to action, just simply saying, here's this awesome video that got you interested in the first place. Check it out. Mm. Um, fourth will be some type of like uh, email that will either ask them to come to a tournament that we're hosting we just had an awesome one out in San Diego uh, we had people drive three hours to it that were just on this newsletter I didn't even think they were going to show up and then here they are driving three hours um, so it'll be like an invite to a tournament it'll be a tournament recap video uh, here's, this, here's the post of the week by some random fan in Iceland or something like that so we'll do some engaging, interesting content. And then yeah. again, we'll, uh, the fifth email will be like, hey, uh, that $10 off didn't work. I know it's the holidays. Uh, money might be tight. How's $20 off? 
So we kind of know our threshold of how much money we can offer that we'd be willing to kind of lose in marketing expenses to still make a profit. And then we'll offer yeah. that as a kind of a, a last chance effort. Yeah. Okay. And so once you do that and you send out that five, um, those five emails, is that it then? No. So that's not it. Uh, that's what they probably receive over the first three weeks. And then they'll, they'll be removed from that segment if they make a purchase. And then after those five emails, if they're still on there, we'll keep them in a loop every like 30 days, 60 days. We don't want to, uh, nothing, nothing's worse than just getting bombarded by company emails. So if they're not interested yeah. in the first three weeks, like it's like going on a date, right? If, if they don't show interest right away, like kind of try, try, and then it's kind of over. And if you see her again at the coffee shop in a month or two, maybe you can say hi again. But so we uh, will send them the emails 30, 60, 90 days afterwards. And that's about it. Okay. Okay. No, that sounds, that sounds um, quite interesting. Remind me again, what did you say was the name of the book you mentioned? Uh, it was, that you found cool. yeah, so there's two good books I'm reading right now, but Double Your Profits by Bob Pfeiffer is a, okay. a really good read. And then The One Page Marketing Plan by Alan Dibb. I just finished both of them. They're really insightful. Okay. Um, okay. And why would you recommend both books? Um, these, like you said, there's no better way uh, to learning than by learning by somebody who's gone through it before and kind of messed up on their own. So both of these people are entrepreneurs who have run their own companies and now run consulting companies and uh, just kind of give insights on, on things I wasn't even thinking about. Like that welcome series. Uh, I only had one email go out to people before and now I have five or yeah. six. So it's just like it, it just made common sense. And I'm like, why am I not doing this? Why am I not sending them four or five emails? They gave me their email. Let's try to get the sale. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, you know, having a chat with you. Um, but it's come to that time, you know, where I have to kick you out of my virtual cafe. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. It was an awesome time. Any final words of wisdom to the listeners before we go? Words of wisdom. Um if you have an idea, try. You have nothing else to lose by trying. Uh, go home after work. No need to quit your job right away. But keep plugging along. It took me about a year and a half before I could leave my job and make this a reality. But uh, there's nothing better than waking up and doing something you love and owning your own business. So if you have an idea, try. Get some friends involved. And the worst you can do is fail. Yeah. Okay. And I always think as, you know, success is a, you know, bad teacher – because when you fail, you then sort of get back and you think and it helps you to be, you know, sort of skyrocket. Whereas when you succeed the first time around, you know, you sort of just think, oh, yes, you know, I can do it. I'm amazing. And you don't think of hey, what are the different things that I could do or what can I do differently? Exactly. That's, just how, that's what I think of success and failure anyway. 100%. Um, okay. If someone wanted to, sorry? 100% completely agree. Yeah. If someone wanted to connect with you, um, how can they do that? Yeah, my, uh, my email is always open. It's chris, C-H-R-I-S, at crossnetgame.com. Um, also, you can add me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, at Chris Mead, across all social medias. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. 
And ladies and gentlemen, that was Chris Mead, inventor of CrossNet. Um, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Shekelala Salami Show. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. And that brings us to the end of today's episode of the Shekelala Salami Show. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's episode. Um, I would really appreciate it if you would consider leaving a review of the show because it sort of helps me know what I'm doing right, what I'm not doing so right, and what I need to improve. Um, if you know anyone else who would benefit um, or who would enjoy the show, please do share the show with everyone in your network. Thank you very much. And until next time, again, it is the Shagilola Salami Show. Bye now.